were listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 285 and 286 of Fed by Ravens. And uh, we are just cruising through the Bible now. Yeah. The story is uh, getting a little more complex. Uh-huh. There's rich notes of mahogany <laughs> with the fruitiness. I don't know. All right. I don't know what it tastes like. Play I just me like in. it. Play uh, me it. All right, let's just do this. Our Old Testament reading for today is Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 15 through chapter 29, verse 23. Well, Jeremiah has another cup of wrath for the people of God. Good just, old cup of wrath. Just add hot water. S- starting the morning off, you know, uh, basically announcing to everyone, all right, since uh, Jerusalem is going to get punished, yeah. uh, to be just and fair, everyone else is going to be, need to be punished. Because if God's punishing his own people... Right. then everyone else is uh, getting a timeout it's, as well. It's pretty interesting. The whole area. Right. Like, so he lists all the kings and mm-hmm. he says, here are the nations that will drink of the cup of God's wrath. Correct. Which I connect to the cup that Jesus prays in the garden. He says, oh, yeah, I'm totally. not able to drink of this cup. Like if it's, you know, if you can, do I not have to drink of the wrath of God? But nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. And Jesus drinks of it. But it is announced here by Jeremiah to everyone. And again, though, the reason it's announced to everyone is also an opportunity for everyone to repent. Mm -hmm. That's what's so clever about all this is that even though it feels like everything that's being said by Jeremiah is dark and gloomy, it actually is trying to say, hey, y'all, there's a giant pothole up ahead that will kill you. And so there's opportunity to repent. There's opportunity to say, well, we don't want that to happen. But right. instead, everybody just drags their heels and kind of hunkers down and says, no, we refuse to believe it. Right, which really comes to light in chapter 26, yeah. where Jeremiah has to stand in front of uh, the temple and announce to the priests and the prophets and anyone who's in worshiping in the temple at that point, uh, saying, um... This is all going to be destroyed and to the point that this city will be referred to as a curse right? Uh, to other people. Like, you guys will become like Jerusalem. It's like the curse that will be uttered because of what the Lord is going to do to them. And so when the officials of Judah heard these things, and all the priests and all the prophets and the officials, they said, hey, this man deserves the sentence of death because he's prophesied against this city as you have heard with your own ears. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to kill Jeremiah, but Jeremiah says, you know, the Lord sent me to prophesy against this house. So mend your ways. Yeah. Like, can you and uh, correct your deeds and, your, and, and obey the voice of the Lord your God? And the Lord will relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you. So then he says, but, you know, I'm in your hands, so do with me as seems good and right to you. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon the city and its inhabitants. For in truth, the Lord sent me to you to speak all these words in your ears. Yeah, I love, he, he like makes it very clear. Like, look, the reason I'm saying this is so you guys have a chance to repent and it doesn't have to go this way. It doesn't have to go this way. It reminds me again of Jesus entering into Jerusalem mm-hmm. during the Passion Week 
And it's like his, he's bringing judgment, but it's like the opportunity for repentance. Yeah. But Jesus is going to walk through it. But anyway, and, so, then, and Jeremiah like is like, but you know what? I submit to whatever you guys want to do to me. Right. I, I'm in your power. And so ultimately Jesus submits to the powers mm-hmm. of the city, Jerusalem, and they kill Jesus. Right. In this case, um, Jeremiah is spared from death because that's not God's plan for Jeremiah. He yeah, because... He did say in the very beginning during his call, he said, I will protect you and deliver you from harm from these people. And uh, so some of the officials say, whoa, whoa, let's pump the brakes. Before we kill him. Yeah. Uh, Let's recall our history for a second. If we can remember, there was another prophet in the days of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah was a bright spot in our history. And even during his time... There was a prophet, Micah, who said the very similar things that Jeremiah is saying right now. And, he was a negative Nancy. And, yeah. And Hezekiah didn't have him killed. Right. And in fact, historically, God has used this type of prophecy to uh, give us a chance to alter and correct our course. Well, yeah, exactly. And if I remember correctly, Hezekiah did yes. alter his course in repentance. And so they use that example. But then they have another example of one that's that was 100 years earlier, mm-hmm. the Micah one, they bring up Uriah, who also brought a message like this, mm-hmm. and he was threatened with death and fled to Egypt, and the king, uh, the current king, actually chased him down and had him killed. Yeah. So we're really in a tough spot. We can go either way here. We can yeah. kill him, or we can let him live. And somehow, in God's provision, mm-hmm. God provides um, an official who protects Jeremiah. Yeah, and says, we're not going to kill him. The hand of... Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, was yeah. with Jeremiah. Shaphan. Uh, I think he's important in the story later. So, yeah, he is. Uh, but Jeremiah's not done. Jeremiah is going to keep on trucking. Yeah, that doesn't those, stop him. With those sweet, sweet object lessons. So Jeremiah has been um, punched in the face, put in stocks, oh, yeah. humiliated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've tried to... They've tried to assassinate him in his own town. And Mm -hmm. now all the officials were debating whether they should kill him. And, you know, what does Jeremiah do? Does he just go, I think that's good enough for now. That's a pretty good warning. No, he has to. He's compelled to do what the Lord (laughs) puts on him. And the Lord says, cool, I saved you from that. Now make yourself straps and yoke bars and put them on your neck. So basically create a yoke. Mm -hmm. And the word of the Lord is, um, to all these kingdoms. Okay, yeah, so I was... Nebuchadnezzar is going to yoke you all. Yeah, so I was imagining what was going on as I was reading this and realized, okay, so what's going on is Zedekiah is having basically a, a kingly council meeting. Right. And he's getting all of his allies from the surrounding countries to because Zedekiah was set up by Nebuchadnezzar after Nebuchadnezzar came in and cleaned house already. Yes. Uh, but Zedekiah's like, I'm... We have a temple. We're going to rebel. We're not going to stand for this. Right. They're going to try to all coup yeah. against and so Nebuchadnezzar he and has, Babylon. He has this council of kings coming from all over to meet and make like plans on how we're going to overthrow Nebuchadnezzar. It's a bug's life, man. We'll all get together and uh-huh. overpower uh, Hopper. Yeah. And so in the middle of this meeting in Jerusalem, in the king's palace... Uh, sweet Jeremiah comes marching in with uh, his yoke and saying, hey guys, I just, I'm here to let you know that God said this is going to happen. So it's like over his shoulders, 
It's this heavy wooden thing, bars. His arms are kind of like stocks, imagine. Yeah, and he says, this is, you guys all need to put yourself under the yoke of Babylon. Mm -hmm. Like, it's no longer a, hey, this is going to happen. It's a, if you want to survive this thing, Mm -hmm. willingly be yoked under Babylon. Yes. Well, no one likes that. No one. And so they, uh, they accuse him of being... A jerk. Well, yeah. So in 28, we have a response from a false prophet, right. Hananiah, <laughs> who's like, well, I heard from the Lord that he's going to break the yoke of Babylon over us. In two years. Yes, in two years. He's very specific. Uh, and, and so he breaks the... And then all the, all the people that have been exiled, they're going to come back in two years. Right. We're going to have everything back. God's going to totally destroy... Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom to the point that even our exiled people will come back here and we'll be established and it'll be great. What an awesome message. That's the message you want to bring. Unfortunately, it's the false message that God has not authorized or spoken to the prophet Hananiah. Yeah. And then uh, I love Jeremiah is apparently just around. Um, He says, amen. Oh, doesn't he break? No, he, I thought he breaks the, um, Hananiah breaks the yoke on Jeremiah shatters it on the ground? Well, this is after, this is after Jeremiah's response. So Jeremiah, here's Hananiah's thing. He's like, wow, man, I, I hope the Lord does that. He says, amen, may it happen. Yeah. He's like, I, I, that'd be so cool. Yet, um, this is what I hear from God. Um, you're lying. And, uh, the Lord says, I haven't sent them. And the Lord is bringing war, famine, and pestilence. So I, I don't know what to tell you here. So then Hananiah then uh, gets, gets real and takes the yoke that apparently Jeremiah is still wearing. <laughs> right, he's still wearing it, and he breaks it. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, Jeremiah kind of goes away, but the Lord gives him another message after mm-hmm. that scene. Yeah. And he goes back, and he basically says... You just broke uh, a wood yoke. Mm-hmm. The yoke that Nebuchadnezzar's putting on you all is iron. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't get out of it. The wages of sin is death, essentially. Yeah. And, and you're all in sin. Yeah, and it says, and uh, P.S. Hananiah, you're going to die within a year. Right. And Hananiah, guess what? Dies within a year. Mm-hmm. Didn't even live to see his false prophecy not come to fruition. Right. And so, but I realized, so this, in light of... Hananiah's prophecy and what probably was the popular opinion. Yes, yes. Of two years, the exiles are going to come back. Jeremiah in chapter 29 now has to write a letter to the people in exile and say, It's not two years. Hey, I know people have been saying this. Um, Actually, what's going on is um, you're going to be there for 70 years. So I think they said two years because remember the Exodus, it took about two years mm-hmm. from leaving Egypt to yeah. the promised land. Yeah. That's what it should take. Yeah. Right. And if this was a God Exodus thing and not a rebellion thing, maybe it would have been two years. That's mm-hmm. what they want. And they're probably basing it on that. But what's so funny, not funny, it's beautiful. This passage is actually beautiful in chapter 29 where Jeremiah writes the letter to the, right. the exiles and he says what you just said. But this is the famous verse where he goes, look, God has plans for you, plans to prosper you. Um, so you're, but, okay. So when you walk through a Hobby Lobby, right, 
or through a Christian bookstore, you want to have mm-hmm. inspirational mm-hmm. Bible quotes, this is one of those quotes. Maybe we should read it just to remind everybody. It's like uh, 29 verse 11, right? It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And that's just quoted and put mm-hmm. on things. Here's the context, though. Jeremiah says, hey, it's going to be, uh, for thus says the Lord. Here's literally a verse before it. Thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you to the place. For I know the plans I have for you. Mm -hmm. So imagine this. We've been exiled brutally by Babylon. Yeah. We get a message from the true prophet of the Lord saying, hey, it's going to be 70 years. You're going to die in exile. You're going to die in exile. Most likely, your kids that are already born, your one-year-old will be 71 if they make it that long. Yeah. Basically, a generation or two are going to die in exile. So therefore, another beautiful passage, he says, you know, have babies, get married, uh, bring about the welfare of Babylon. Because if you take care of Babylon, like, love the city. Mm-hmm. And now this is a church planting mm-hmm. thing, but... But it's just funny to put it all in context. You might not want to put this on a pillow because um, it's basically saying you're in exile. You're not coming back, um, but your kids might Mm -hmm. because I have plans. And my plan right now is to drive out the rebelliousness in your heart. Right. Yeah. And if you remember, um, Jeremiah in his earlier object lessons or visions that he saw with the good figs, bad figs. Yeah. He, the... The illustration is the good figs are the people are that ended up in exile. Like God's salvation plan is actually going to be carried out with the exile people, and the people who are still in Jerusalem are going to get wiped out. Right, and that's condemnation. So don't be looking to Jerusalem right now for salvation. Look to the Lord, and, and then He bless. will and and then bless the area you're in because you're going to be there for a while, and you're still the people of God outside of Jerusalem. Yeah. And so turn to the Lord, and the next generation will make it. Um, I just am overwhelmed by God wants life for his people who Mm -hmm. are under death sentence all the time. Right. And so um, that's what Jeremiah is offering in this letter. Yeah. I also am kind of finding the theme that it's going to take 70 years because it's connected to the land and the Sabbath rest. Yes. That they just withheld from the land. Mm Mm-hmm. And for us, when God, when God has his prophets write this letter to us today, in the name of Jesus, it's always like right now, today, while it is today. Mm-hmm. Repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and boom, you're out of the exile of sin and death. Yeah. It's so cool. All right. Thanks, Jeremiah. It's moving on to the Old New Testament. Our New Testament reading for today is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. The overwhelming theme of Thessalonians has been, I think, to... Well, what's been helpful is these people are under persecution. Mm -hmm. And because of that, unity is not a problem. Right. And generosity is not a problem. Correct. When you are under persecution... That's just what comes out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you go save yourself, and mm-hmm. you're not even around for the conversation. Right. So in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, he's not urging everyone to be of one mind and all that. They already are. So he gives them some very practical um, ideas. There is a day coming. The Lord yeah. will return. Right? Yeah. He's Because 
again, he didn't have enough time to really get into, like, a lot of stuff with them. Like, he got the basic stuff with them because he was there for three weeks. So now he's just kind of, like, checking in and being like, this isn't going to last forever. The Lord is going to come back. He is going to redeem the situation um, and eagerly await his return. We don't know. And then also, don't be, don't freak out uh, about the loved ones that have passed. Right. So when you are suffering, you're longing to know. The question you always have is, how long will this go? When will I be mm-hmm. healed? When will the Savior come? And so that's what he says, uh, this, this line about, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Mm-hmm. And that's just the idea of like whenever something happens, it it just happens, you right. know. Um, and so he's saying people will be saying there's peace, and then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come. Basically, you are children of light. You are equipped with the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet of hope of salvation. And you're not destined for wrath. Mm-hmm. So keep your hope and your confidence in right. the Lord. He is coming back to defend you. He is coming back to bring judgment. And you are under the salvation, the salvific work of Christ. So you're going to stand through that. So, uh, And the people who died will be raised to life, just as the people who are alive will be raised to be with God. So then the final instructions are, so respect those who labor among you. Mm-hmm admonish you and esteem you so basically take care of the pastors who carry the gospel right be at peace with yourselves and your brothers and he's like encourage each other help the weak be patient with them all and don't repay evil for evil seek to do good it's kind of basic stuff but what i liked was it was hidden in here at the end in verse 16 it says rejoice always then 17 pray without ceasing and then 18 give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you it's just funny, you always hear, pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. No one ever says, rejoice always. Yeah. Maybe they kind of do. I don't know. Or give thanks in all circumstances. But we always hear the pray without ceasing, like, mm-hmm. and we feel guilty. I need to pray all the time. Paul's going, well, yeah, like, as you're connected to the Lord, you rejoice mm-hmm. for what he's promised and what he's doing. You, you pray, you talk with him, and you give thanks. And this is like what God wants. He wants a relationship. And do not quench the spirit. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Test everything. This kind of goes with um, Jeremiah. Test the prophets, prophecies. Yeah. Don't listen to all this stuff about what's going to happen, where you're going to go. There's the Antichrist is coming, and this, you know, there's all these theories mm-hmm. that you can get hung up with. He's like, you can test those out, but hold on to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, your faith in that, and that He's coming back. Right. Yeah. And I think he's kind of like, cool. I think we're good here. Yeah. And uh, he has a great benediction in this one. I, I wanted to use it. I really liked it. He says, uh, "He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it." Mm, yeah. So I like that. That's yeah. a good. That's a good verse. He who called you will surely do it, especially to those who are suffering mm-hmm. and not knowing what's going on. So that would finish hey. book thirty-seven. But wait, there's more. There's more. There's a second Thessalonians. There's a second Thessalonians. Because guess what? He opened up the conversation of, wait, how exactly is this all going to end? Yes. And so more questions arise. Yeah. So now we need um, clarification on what's the day of the Lord and wait, what's happening? Yeah, what's happening? And and so when you read second Thessalonians, you realize 
he's addressing there's they're like complementary views mm-hmm. they aren't against each other and so the day of the lord is coming mm-hmm. but the day of the lord has also begun with the resurrection of christ wait what what like things have actually happened right but they're not fully finished and he's coming back and so that's what he's lovingly trying to keep them on course right and not get crazy about it but so he, that's why he starts off with thanksgiving like, look, we love you guys. We are mm-hmm. so thankful for you guys because, like, you have this great faith and you're standing, you're staying steadfast mm-hmm. in the face of persecution. Like, you guys are an example. We boast of you everywhere we go. And you're giving. You're, like, yeah. so generous. You're the primary church that's supporting the, the church in Jerusalem during the famine. Mm-hmm. And then, so he has to address, like, okay, the big question is... Are we just going to be persecuted forever? Right. And is there a justice? And is God ever going to defend us or do anything? Where is when you're when you think about abuse and you think about all these things that have happened to you, your question is, God, where were you? Right. And that's what he's answering. He's like, God sees what is happening. Right. He is with you, he is there now, and he will not forget who has hurt you. He will not forget your pain. He will take your pain and he will avenge and he will heal you. Yeah. Now he, and forever. Yeah. Yeah, he says, like, there will be a day that God will return. Jesus will return with his fiery angels, and they will bring salvation to you and judgment to everyone else who has actively persecuted you, who has totally turned against us. I mean, Paul says he's coming with angels, and which is like the military. Mm-hmm. His army to make things right. In flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. So basically, all who reject the gospel will be thrust away from the presence of God eternally. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord. This is where, I think, this is where we get in the Apostles' Creed. He ascended, so the Apostles' Creed where Jesus ascended to the uh, heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and from there he'll come again to judge the living and and the dead. dead. So he's bringing, his glory will come back and bring judgment. Mm -hmm. Do you believe this? Yeah. Good. Me too, but it's hard to believe. Yeah, and I think in the midst of persecution, it's like... You believe it more, maybe, or you're hoping for it You're hoping for it. You definitely want it. Like, I think in America, we don't, yeah, we don't nef- definitely want it. Mm-hmm. We're always confused by it. I don't know how much we believe in it because we don't need it. We don't feel We're persecuted. We're kind of comfortable. Yeah. And when and you're comfortable. even our persecution is kind of petty. Right. Um, it's not like straight up what's happening in other parts yeah. of the world. And so like when actual people are killing you for what you believe, I think there is a cry for like, um, Lord, are you going to do anything about this? And Paul's yeah. reassuring like, he will. One day he will. But he's also leaving room for opportunity for those same people that are persecuting you to change mm. and repent and turn from their works because I was with that person. I know. I was once the person that would persecute you and throw you into prison and separate families and kill and stone people. I think that's the issue. God's grace is confusing to us because when we want his vengeance, it's like too slow. Mm-hmm. And But then we know it's that's why we have to leave it up we yeah. have to leave it all to him. Yeah. But there is a day when all things will be made right. Yes. It's pretty cool. All right. So then, at the end of this chapter, he says, we pray for you that God may fulfill every work of faith by his power 
And the idea for the suffering Christians in Macedonia, or specifically at Thessalonica, his glory is coming, and his glory of that is in Jesus Christ is also in you. Like, we get to share the glory. Mm-hmm. Right now, we are sharing the suffering, but there's a day when we'll share with his glory, and that will keep us going uh, through hard times. So, praise God, we're not suffering like that, but... When we do, or for our brothers and sisters around the world, Mm -hmm. he gives us a hope, even in that suffering, uh, of glory with God. Cool. Our psalm for today is Psalm 119, verses 17 through 32. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust, Give me life according to your word. When I told of my when t- I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set the rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Boom. You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.